0: First this is the set show with Connor Falk. That's sports entertainment talk. There's many reasons of why you could be listening right now. Either you're a friend of mine and I bugged you to listen to it, or one of my parents said, Hey, please listen to my son talk about something cool. Or, you know, hopefully you found us online on soundcloud.com the set show, Facebook.com the set show, or at the set show on Twitter. Also starting a YouTube channel coming out soon. I like to do little videos and little video reviews, post-movie watches and before. Put those videos up on Instagram, at Falcon Media on Instagram. So uh, hopefully maybe you're in traffic right now, maybe you're bored in LA, maybe you're at work and don't really want to be working, we've all been there before, that's what we're here for at the set show, to make your boring times less boring, to add some banter, some analysis to your day, and today that's what we're going to do, analysis on what it's like to direct and write a film, I have Brandon Kahila here, he has a, a new film come out, a feature, Collision made in 2014, finished recently, it's ready to go, and we're going to talk to you about the process of writing it, about the process of actually shooting it. And really the, I think something that our listeners are going to want to hear about is the post-movie. Well, so many movies are getting made, how do they get sold? How do they get there to the red box, to the theater, to the DVD store that you find someday and you get into it? Brandon, I'm so happy to have you on the show, man. Are you excited to be here? I'm pretty good. And I'll give this little some backstory. You and I worked recently on Shark Tank, started on there driving golf carts around together. And we talked about movies and TV shows all the time. And uh, it just seemed like a natural fit that you would come on the show and really talk about something that you and I, uh, you know, work in the same industry. Both kind of have the same goals. So I think it'd be good to have you on. And um, so, Brandon, I mean, first question, collision, you know, maybe give us a little bit about the story, what it's about and, uh, you know, kind of start the process of why you wrote it.
1: moved out to Los
2: Angeles. Okay. Uh,
0: exactly it's just ideas and any, yeah. any any goal you know without a plan is or any plan without a without a uh, you know I'm, I'm forgetting the phrase I'm trying to do basically I was trying to say something witty about how you know you have to have something done before you can really start you have to have a foundation you had the foundation with the script and most importantly I think you had a great point there for anyone who's listening who's not from Los Angeles who plans on moving out here and making films or TV or whatnot bring things with you make your own things don't try to rely on people and I think it's smart that you did that Brandon you went ahead you started writing your own scripts before you even got here now you were in Florida, I believe, right? You were in college at uh, Florida State? Yes, yeah, I went to
1: Florida State, um, and then graduated, and, and then it was kind of like one of those, oh, now what moments. So, I've yeah. been, uh, uh, you know, i tried to work, i worked for a few years, uh, customer service, just, you know, 9 to 5, and through F uh, customer service job. Uh, yeah. I've served up enough to come out here, and i uh, go to UCLA for Professional program. Okay. And uh, I mean, if anything, that just served to get me me out here and and get me something that I would be doing besides sitting in my apartment and
0: uh, looking at the wall. Yeah, looking at the wall, or hopefully listening to podcasts like the Set Show, uh, setshow.com or Set Show on SoundCloud. So, uh, okay, well, it's really interesting, man. So, uh, you know, part of Collision was there kind of a movie or film that kind of gave you some idea because Collision is about two guys, two criminals, and they're on their way from a robbery, I believe, or from some kind of crime they committed, and they uh, they go ahead and they get stranded in the desert because they kill a mountain lion, right? So, what exactly is the synopsis? Is that is that pretty much dead on? Yeah, I
2: just wanted to. Uh, I just know I, I I like the idea of having. Yeah,
1: guys just out, stuck in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I mean, when you grow when up in Florida, there's no desert out there. It's mostly swamp, so the idea of the desert, I, you know, you grow up watching these movies uh, that take place out in the desert. There's always really cool scenes in the desert, and, and, and it kind of has this mystique to it, I think, that uh, I really, that's really attracted me to, like, the desert locale. The film and, and I felt like it would be relatively easy to shoot. I mean, aside from getting some permits and that kind of thing, and, and getting the clearance to do it out in the desert. And uh, and I like the idea of having just two guys who initially may seem like criminals. uh kind of when they're exposed to the elements, and they they end up hitting a mountain lion with their car that, that uh, ends up causing them to that once they do that they kind of become humanized in a way because we've all had feelings of entrapment and uh, yeah
0: I think you mentioned uh, humanity that phrase and I think certainly when I first thought of the idea of what you're doing I, that's the first thing I thought of because you had these two people who are kind of stripped down in you know nowhere and there's nothing really to hide from you know so who you really are comes out so you're really going to get a character of two human beings put in an impossible situation the how are they going to react. You know, most likely, you know, our primal instincts kind of sink, uh, sink in eventually and it's about survival, especially when you have two predators, like you said, who are these criminals and they happen to kill a predator, which I think is, uh, is ironic. Um, and that's why they're stuck out there. So it sounds, um, there was a movie, Scenic Route. Um, They weren't criminals, obviously, but just kind of that idea of people being stuck out in the desert and that certainly didn't end well. So uh, I'd certainly I think collision, you know, just the idea of it. There's so many ideas that just me as a viewer hasn't got a chance to watch it yet of what could possibly happen at the end of it. You know, so I think that's why it's really cool and interesting. And uh, so now after you're filming, you filmed where you filmed in Santa Clarita Desert. Is that where you guys were at?
1: Ended up being the picture vehicle. we was a very researchy type of crew. and every time we we're shot, we had to drive up there to uh, Santa Clarita and yeah, we uh, ended up finding a nice little place that uh, we cleared with the Antelope Valley Film Commission. Okay. Uh, two years for uh, for the road that, that's in the south because I found this out that uh, if you are shooting, if you're shooting on any kind of highway or anything you, you, you do you have to have an officer with you. So we were lucky enough to find some people who had a private roads that uh, that ended up uh being more accessible and not not as much in terms of insurance and, and fees and that kind of thing. So that really helped out.
0: Uh it was a private road. Certainly would As a uh, being a director and the writer, which would you say was easier and which was harder? Which position?
1: Make sure all the bases are covered and, and all that kind of thing. So it's more of a collaborative, I guess, position to direct. And in what's good really about directing is you do get that firsthand, like in the thick of it on set, uh, you, you do get uh, more of a collaborative vibe, I think, because there's so many people there and they they each have something to offer, I think. I mean, everybody from the assistant director I, I think everybody has something that they can offer. Your story, or your take on on what you're you're directing.
2: Yeah. I think that, that's that's a big thing. you about directing
0: is keeping your ears open. Especially because if you think about it, I mean, all these people who are out there have the same dream as you. So everyone wants to be part of the collaborated effort. And, uh, you know, one thing I would say is that who do you think as a director, who is your most important ally, you think? You know, obviously, you say your DPs that you spent the most time with, or you really with the actors more. Do you feel like it was, it was more important for you to get visually what you needed or really, you know, audio wise from your actors and script? What did you really have to focus on? You think that maybe you didn't realize you would have before you directed your own you know writing feature?
1: I trusted his judgment as far as the framing and, and just he knew uh, what he was doing there. So that actually was nice mm. and, and kind of a luxury to be able to step back and work with the actors and, and not get caught up so much on, on the technical aspects. And, and since we were filming outside primarily, uh, the lighting was all natural and didn't have to get caught up in all that. But uh, it, I, I lucked out and that the... Uh, had some great ideas and and i i knew it would be great with him shooting and and so that gave me the freedom to talk to the actors about the lines and and that kind of thing and i think that's what goes back to the whole writing and directing thing when yeah when you have the actors speaking lines that you wrote i think that's one of the closest feelings you ever get to flying is when when a, a good actor is just speaking your line but at one point we just
0: Which is pretty cool if you think about it. So, okay, well, I guess, you know, after So you finish Collision, you shoot it. How long did it take to finish it?
1: Uh, Let's see. Well, uh, the the pre-production took a little bit of time just for the casting um, and that kind of thing. And then production was really only, I think it ended up being 10 days altogether. Um, Some full days, some cast days. Uh, but altogether, ten days of, of actual shooting, and uh, and then the, pre- pre- the post-production uh, is really what's been uh, taking the longest, and and uh, I think that's definitely where you you have some, you're the most tested as a director because you can see the progress slowly but surely it's all coming together, and it's it's really uh, it's really interesting to see how incremental it comes together because. That's really
0: where it feels most like uh, you're actually making a film and kind of crafting this thing. Yeah, is the post from there. And it's really just such a collaborative effort. I mean, like you said, there's so many people that have to put their hands on it, you know, obviously depending on the budget or whatnot, and you really have to hope that everyone has the same vision of what you're going for. So now that you have this vision, it's created, it's actually on film, it's ready for people to watch, what, do you, what is the post-finishing of a movie like? How are you selling it? I think it would be really nice for people to find out about what exactly the process is of trying to get one's movie out there.
1: Uh, I think that's what's great about doing the low budget thing and, and I, I think maybe where five years ago even uh, there might have been a stigma against things that didn't necessarily get theatrical release or you know, the whole straight to straight to D V D thing or, or anything like maybe that had just had a negative connotation. I think now it's, it's actually just more economical and and if, if anything the video on demand has given thousands of filmmakers the opportunity that one time they didn't have so i think that that's really where you, you can go now there, there is an outlet um you know you don't just have to put something up on youtube and take it as a, as a loss of money you can actually uh go to festivals and and network that way and, and video on demand
2: people are constantly looking for content i mean they have channels that they need to fill yeah
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like it's really cool that you said that there's really, like you said, the ball's in our court, so there's really no excuse. I mean, if you have a vision and you want to put in the time, you know, like you said, pre-production, casting, finding locations, you know, making deals, if you have to put some money for casting, a lot of locations, at least in California, as you know, you're going to have to put up some money, so you need some kind of budget of something, you know, props, setting, hiring your crew, so many things to happen. So once you actually get to that point, there are people who need a full, and you have a feature, not just a short, this is a feature film, so definitely something that there's going to be a market for. And you mentioned festivals, so that's really interesting, so, so many different, how many festivals? Do you think going on in LA a year like what fifty at least?
1: Yeah, there's something every
0: weekend I think. Yeah, so at least fifty fest film festivals here. A lot of them you can go ahead and submit your stuff. They just need people out there. So you said a lot of these on-demand uh, websites and things, which I think is really interesting. You know how Netflix and Crackle have just started this whole new era. Vimeo, and I think there's a new site one that you're going to be one of the uh, the ship heads on, kind of the one of the first the first movies I think is going to collision is going to get released on that. So what is this website? Tell us a little something about it. And, uh, at that point, you know, where, maybe where we can go and any more we can find out about you and your life as a director. Okay.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's uh, the, it's called the TVTV. TV, okay. Uh, network. You can go to TVTV.com. It's uh, TV and then T I D like, bravo, I, and, uh, and you can register right now, uh,
2: and, and download the app. Uh, we're going to be on the Vamp Media channel, okay? which is one of the channels that's on the TV TV network.
1: So it's, you have the network, and then you have the individual channel within the network. And so ours is going to be one of the first features on the Vamp Media channel. Uh, and then, so that's kind of exciting to be. We're going to be coinciding with the launch of this channel. So they kind of, it's kind of win-win. You know, they get some content, and we get publicity that they will
0: end up using for their own channel uh, will be a part of that as well. So it's a win-win. It's almost Honestly, like you coming on the honest. set show, talking about your awesome film, and then maybe you tell your friends, like, hey, if you want to listen to a good podcast about sports and movies, or be on it, or you want someone to take over as your sports radio host, you'd be like, oh, I know that guy Connor Falk from Shark Tank, right? <laughs> Of course, of course. Exactly. People helping people. Well, dude, I think that's awesome. I'm certainly happy to hear about Collision. Everyone who's listening right now, please check it out, Collision. The website he said, tvtv.com, correct?
1: Yes, and you can actually go to uh, the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash collision feature film and just like it. And then, I mean, all the updates will be posted there uh, as far as when you can watch it and when you
0: you can download it, ultimately. Okay, copy that. And I will actually have a Facebook link on our SoundCloud a link. The thing that you use to click on this, if you're using it on a desktop, you'll be able to find it on your phone. You can go ahead and look at the link in the description. So, Brandon, you know now you're actually making films like me. I'm sure you started. You're one of those kids that loved watching them. Um, let's talk about some of your favorite directors and movies. I know the first one, you know, we kind of do our pre-outline. I go ahead and send my guests. I have them send me some information. I send them some questions just to know what we're going to be talking about. Brandon went ahead and sent me some information, obviously, about the film and how good it is. And then his favorite directors, first being Robert Zemeckis. You know, we know him from Forrest Gump, and we know him from another movie that I believe is one of your favorites, Back to the Future, one of the greatest future trilogies of all time. Why are those some of your favorite movies, and which is your favorite of the Back to the Futures? as far as favorite goes the second one
1: yeah me, because, me too i mean anytime anyone goes to the future in anything
2: it's automatically
1: i think it automatically gets you car blocks to make some crazy stuff up exactly that, what was cool is that, like that was this year
2: <laughs> yeah so
0: <laughs> wow. we only have a few more months left to make all that stuff to uh, make sure that we honor the films I think I know well what do we need the we need the Jaws. jacket we need the jacket that dries you remember it dries you it's yeah. like on a vacuum and then we need the pizza hut that uh, is like little tiny bagel bite saucers and then you cook them and they become a whole pizza it takes like 30 seconds yeah we have to make like, like
1: 10 more Jaws movies I think
0: right yeah exactly 10 more Jaws movies <laughs> yeah so I thought I, read, I read like the second one just for that reason that they actually do go to the which I guess now would kind of be the present.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I always like that. I always like uh, just the idea. I, I, I think what's cool about those movies is that they're science fiction and action-adventure, but at the core of it, it's it's really about family dynamics. Yeah. And I think that's really ultimately why we go to movies. It's, you know, even when you go to San Andreas or, or – some of these big summer blockbusters, you're not going just to see things explode. I mean, you can look up that stuff online or just, I mean, that wouldn't be a very great movie if it was just buildings exploding. I I think that really, ultimately, when you go to a movie, when you go to summer blockbusters, you're going for the heart and the core of what the movie is
0: really about. I'm glad you said that. It's awesome because... yeah, ultimately it's still about the story. You still want to see the arc of the characters. You want to see them conquer something, go through a transition in their lives and come out, you know, and, and really speak universally in human terms about us all being in those situations. You know, sometimes you can watch a movie and actually get some motivation, like, hey, you know, you understand it's a movie, but you can think this person figured it out, you know, maybe it's not it's not too late for me. Like I could do something, you know, so there's still a way to get positivity from movies and I think actually make your life better. You know, I really do. Um so, you know, Robert Semeckis Back to the Future, all three. Quick question, do you think they should make a sequel? I mean, everything out here has been made, now you get remakes, sequels, we're going to get to Jurassic Park pretty soon. Do you think there should be like a reboot of uh, Back to the Future, or they should just do a complete, uh, or just a, a regular sequel?
1: I I've always thought that uh, what, what the problem would be with a sequel is they would, they would try to make, they would have to manufacture the 80s. Yeah. I guess, you know, like that was kind of what was nice about that. If they if they actually made a reboot of it now, though, they they would have to recreate the 80s. But I mean, at the time, the 80s was happening, so it was just real life. I mean, maybe if they did something that was actually taking place now and not just remaking it, where you have like
2: whole 80s tags and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I I, I have a I, I have a feeling that that would end up being what happens is it just it just becomes a lot of 80s jokes um but I, I think that like it could be interesting if, especially if they tried to tie it in somehow like i mean it, it, the better they tie it in, the better I think because
2: sometimes you get with those sequels you end up getting like there's too many loose ends yeah.
1: and, and it just has nothing to do with the other films that came out a long time ago. so
2: mm.
1: I think they can somehow tie it in and make it work that that would be ideal but uh, you know sometimes that
0: doesn't always happen we'll talk about the opposite of a movie that wasn't good that left a lot of loose, loose ends and that was probably to me the best live action slash animated movie of all time that's your second favorite robert zemeckis movie and that's who framed roger rabbit dude first thing i want to say is rest in peace bob hoskins you know played the, the the cop in this movie a great english actor but man dude thank you this is the first time we've mentioned this on the set show i think you know i mean so thanks oh, wow. yeah i mean that's
1: a great one i mean i keep that movie single-handedly made me interested in movies
0: oh that's awesome okay that's yeah, really cool I think
1: just because it is like it's 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 everything you know it's film noir it's uh cartoons which i mean when you're a kid you love cartoons and you like detective stuff and yeah and just the idea that cartoons are real is always exciting
2: for kids
1: yeah uh, and and, just, and, the, and the idea that they can love and get heartbroken
0: and feel just like we can i think because it was, was
1: amazing to well, watch as, well, as a child because then you never watch
0: cartoons the same way again. That's true and absolutely. One thing I would say is I don't know if you would agree with me, but uh, you know I was just a kid, but I still knew that that was the first cartoon character I'd ever become attracted to, being the redheaded, you know, the lady playing the siren in the movie. Like she was, she was attractive, man. She was a hot cartoon lady. Let's be honest. Oh, Je- Jessica, yeah, Jessica. Absolutely. It's like, damn, Jessica, how you doing? I don't care if we're cartoon and human. Let, let's make this work. <laughs> In twenty fifteen now my child there. Exactly. How do I accept this? What do I do? I'm freaking out about that and you're thinking, Hey, I'm gonna make movies now. And, you know, Q, whatever, 20 years later, and now you're here right now. And we're talking about your favorite movies, talking about your recent film, Collision Feature Film. Going to be on TVTV.com. You can find us talk about more things like this on the podcast, soundcloud.com, The Set Show, facebook.com, The Set Show, at The Set Show on Twitter, and my Instagram, at Falcon Media. Uh, now, Brandon, next thing I would ask you about, you said Spielberg, and it's funny because, you know, Spielberg is him being, you know, involved in Back to the Future. You already have another connection So, um, you know, Spielberg, one of your favorite movies for him, Jurassic Park. And I think it's, it's funny and it's ironic that you mentioned it because for me, Jurassic World making all this money, I get it, you know, it's, it's good, but it's just Jurassic Park. It's the same. They remade the first movie. That's all they did. Right? Yeah, I I think, I, I think so. I mean, there's
1: definitely nods to it. I feel like that was almost done out of, uh, like expectations though from the fans, I, I think there was a lot of pandering to the fans in that movie yeah like, absolutely I mean, as a fan, I'm just, the fan side of me is like that's awesome <laughs> like more 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 but i mean the filmmaker side is, is kind of like okay i mean you could dial down the fandom a
2: little
1: bit But yeah. like, i always I just like to mention that like you know people think jurassic park they they think ultimate like American. This trash movie. It's just all special effects and everything. I, don't. I always like to tell people yeah. that my favorite scene in Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park, I know what it's dinosaurs be. in it at all. It's the scene where they're at the table eating lunch. Yes. Uh, and Ian Malcolm has, I think, one of the best monologues that has ever been delivered by Jeff Goldblum, where he says. What you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world.
0: Yeah. And it sucks.
1: it's like, it's one of my favorite scenes, and there's no dinosaurs at all.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Man. And he talks yeah. about how, isn't that the scene where he talks about um, how nature always finds a way, you know, when they're saying, oh, we have a control and whatnot. And he's like, nature always finds yeah, a way. Yeah, and just like
1: the dark nature, the dark nature mm-hmm. of capitalism and how basically what they're doing is they're charging people, admission to uh, the...
2: Uh, sideshow freaks of nature. Yeah. And it's morbid, and it's no morbid
1: curiosity, I think it's more it's the theme of, of that whole scene. And I think that's what's so great. Is you have, like, all these different types of people in this location that, uh, that, that really the movie becomes about the people, uh, just not as much, it's not more about, about the dinosaurs. Because I think the dinosaurs become the backdrop to these very different types of people fighting
0: to survive in this one location. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, we would compare Collision, your feature film, to that, you know, about two people kind of getting dropped into something, something they haven't been in an unfamiliar environment and how they react to it, right? So here we go. So we can say that Collision is not really that different than Jurassic Park. So if you like Jurassic Park... Check out Collision on TVTV.com. Uh, okay, Brandon, so that's your favorite Jurassic Park. Obviously, it's funny because Jurassic Park, when it came out, was the highest grossing movie of all time. Now, Jurassic World, which I call Jurassic Park 1.1. 1. 1. Comes out and it's going to probably be the highest grossing movie of all time. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, whoever listening, just realize that this is a cyclical industry. You know, it's whatever works. And you're going to, I remember my dad when I was a kid and I would always say, hey, are you going to see this? He's like, Oh, the remake. I'm like, Nah, it's not a remake. Like, to me, it's like, this has never come out before. This is the first ever. It like, Nah, there was a remake. It's like, son, there's remakes of everything. These are all remakes. They just keep getting yeah, remade. Yeah. And I was a kid. And now, 20 yeah. years from now, it's like, you know, from here, it's where I'm at now as an adult. It's like, Oh, dude, he's so right. And now I'm the guy telling people that, you know, so i don't know well, i
1: always think it's weird because like they'll, they'll come out with something and and then and then like 10 years later later they'll, they'll come out with the same thing but they'll be like oh no no this is like the dark
0: gritty real version of that yeah. thing that came out 10 years ago well exactly <laughs> and then you go and see it and it's still the
1: same it's still fantastical and crazy and
0: yeah just as
1: outlandish as the
0: original it's the same exact they thing you market it differently yeah we're well Two more points I would have to make. One, I just have to drop it in because you said dark and gritty. Have you heard of that documentary "Superman Lives" about the failed Tim Burton uh, Superman movie with Nicolas Cage? I've heard of it. Uh, I've not
1: seen it though. It. How's
0: that? I watched it recently. I got to tell you, it was really awesome, man. I just I was really interested to see the kind of world that Tim Burton would have made. It was gonna be a, it was gonna be a completely different uh, Superman, very dark. Uh, very humanized and uh, almost think of like you know um, Edward Scissorhands but with Superman you know because he is an alien so he really is an outsider Um, so definitely check that uh, out yeah Yeah, it's it's online it's gonna hit Netflix really good movie got interviews from all the different actors and Burton and the producers and everybody who was in it so do check that out last thing I want to do I I, we talked before and uh, I've been posting on my Instagram and my SoundCloud and everything about how good Ant-Man was dude I had no expectations. I remember laughing when I, or at least I thought, I don't know about everyone, but um, I remember laughing when my friends told me that there was going to be a movie and I was like who wants the Ant-Man that's the lamest you know it's the what I don't want to watch yeah. for that guy Yeah. and, uh, and they joke about it in the movie which is funny um, but uh, you know I was completely satisfied I thought it was good I thought it was just enough it wasn't you know Avengers 2 for me was too much man I mean there was just so much CGI and action going on I couldn't even con- I couldn't even concentrate like cool thanks for the production value but I need like a movie like you said before I need like a story I want like an arc and um, Ant-Man directed by Peyton Reed dude I'm giving it Eight point four out of ten, and that's a high rating for me. What about you? What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I would, I would put it up there. I, I think, that I would say at least uh, seven because I, I it maybe an it eight, eight point three. Okay.
2: going to, go to points, <laughs> <Nice>. but <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I, thought it was, I thought, it, I mean, I don't even rate superhero movies that high. Yeah. Ever. But I mean, I, I am liking this trend with Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant, now Ant Man, where there's comedy elements put more into the, into the uh, superhero movies yeah. type of film. Because I think that's, that's ultimately, like, I, it, it makes you more humanized. And, and whenever something doesn't take itself seriously, I always respond well because I, I think in our lives, in, in real life, you have comedy happen every day. So if anything, it, it makes them more real, I think, to, to include elements of comedy into it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: There
2: are
1: some great people behind that, like,
0: Adam McKay and oh well, Edgar well, you have Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish, the guys from all his, you know, what do they call that trilogy he did, Hot Fuzz, uh, World Zen, and Shaun of the Dead. English actors and directors. Yeah. Um, he made so he he was writing it for. I think if for you know either, the guy who co-hosts co- sometimes Miguel, he's a movie um, analyst as well, and I think he said that um, Edgar was actually working on that for ten years. Um, he did lead the project eventually for creative differences, but he still got an EP credit. He still got a story credit. So the guy, Ed, Ed, you know, everyone. You know, a lot of people actually were kind of bummed that he left and kind of didn't want to support the movie as much, once he did. But just know that, watch that movie. To me, there was so much of Edgar Wright in that movie. The wittiness, um, the, who they casted as well. A great ensemble cast, a great story, you know. And re- like you said, really humanized, just made him one of the guys. Obviously, Paul Rudd is one of the better actors to do that, you know, starring as Scott Lang. Michael Douglas, and to me, one of his better roles in a long time, um, you know, playing Hank Pan. I know. Yeah. You're back. Evangeline Lilly uh, recently in uh, I know her from Lost but she was also in the Hobbit movies which I think were freaking terrible so I'm so glad this Ant-Man movie is better than all three of them combined um sorry man. I Michael Peña,
2: hilarious.
0: Michael Peña like, stole the movie, bro. To me, Michael Peña stole the movie. He's such a good actor, dude. He's I've seen him in so many dramatic, hardcore roles that he just killed. And then he's just he kind of plays the uh the funny man in these movies, almost like the Three Stooges, and he's just killing it. Like Michael Peña is a talented guy, dude. And he I I don't know, would you say that he kind of stole the movie for you?
1: Yeah, and he finally smiled, I was just laughing my ass
0: off. Yeah. Well, and I that's lo- the- this smile was hilarious. Yeah, I love the scene. Um, they—they they did this, and I hadn't seen in movies in a long time. Where they had the conversations going on, they were explaining it, but they had their voices. But they were in a different place. I don't want to confuse people, but you know, he showed he was telling stories about talking to people. So he's telling the story, but it's the voice right then, and he's kind of he's speaking for both the of the uh, the people. So their mouths were in uh, were inserted. You remember that scene? They did that a few times. he "Yeah, ta- yeah, I, I love it. It's just it, yeah, just like
1: it's just the weirdest."
0: weirdest weirdest guy yeah I mean that
1: character is just a weird guy and I I really like I think those characters are always needed in movies just to make the audience feel like you know everyone knows someone like that guy
0: exactly so it immerses you in the film more a funny a funny thief from there so for me honestly bro um, Ant-Man is probably a top 5 Marvel movie it's either like 4th or 5th I'm not gonna put it ahead of uh, Avengers One just because of what happened. Then I, you know, certain superhero movies do just get you from coolness. You're just like a kid. So you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. Like this is like a video game. Yeah,
1: um, well, I've always liked the I've always liked the uh, like the origin story. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't like superhero movies, but I I have always liked the first like first in a franchise more than the other ones just because it it takes you from a person being like everyone else and. Do you see the transformation? I, I always think the origin stories are the most interesting.
0: Well, I think they've they've added effort. they've yeah. added a lot more origin stories. I don't know if you agree, but for me, I mean, what what is the best? I don't know if it's the best, but well, to me, it is. But I'm just saying, what I would say, that maybe more of the masses would agree. Maybe the most well crafted origin superhero movie of all time, and that's Batman Begins. And I, you know, just reading about Batman Begins, there's so many movies that kind of took on that realm, like even adding realism here and there. Nolan really did that. Like Batman Begins changed the world; it really did, and I think that's why you have superhero movies now, like Ant Man, who are both funny, you know, witty, and do have some action. Like they can bring you up and they can bring you down successfully. Like, would you agree? Like, what would you say is your you thinks the best superhero origin movie of all time? Oh man, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Batman. He can't
1: argue with that. I mean, it's it's the classic classic hero who. I mean he, he comes from a, a family that's uh been just ripped apart and and it's it's like so much darker than you know it's it's a, it's a way darker origin story than just some guy getting chemicals spilt on him or something yeah you know what I mean I think that ultimately that's that's probably one of the darkest origin stories out there is, is Batman just because it is it is so much it is so real i mean it seems very real. Yeah, and and I think that's what's so great about it is that it's it's you know he's not like he's not he's not uh, some kind of mutant he's not some kind of alien he's he's a guy with some really cool inventions who's who's had a tough life I mean and and also a really privileged life so yeah. you do see the man more than you see the superhero
0: I think with that man he's really that's cool he, he he's a people. ninja who we all want to root for and obviously Christopher Nolan's made some of the best movies. So, so far, a little recap of this show. It's July 21st, we have Brandon Kahila on here, writer, director, of upcoming feature film, Collision. You can find it on tvtv.com. Uh, TV, you can find it on the link of the Facebook link that we'll go ahead and put in the description of this show. Check us out each week, movies, sports, banter, conversation, food, um, you know, some world topics like where are the best French fries or where's the best place to order Pacifico or Corona in Hawaii, just really random things. Because you're in a random place right now, probably, being in your car, at your house. Or at work, so I'm just trying to maybe talk about some things that might make your day a little less boring. We've all been there, Brandon. I appreciate having you on the show. I appreciate getting to find out about your movie and talk a little bit about you know your favorite films, kind of films that brought you to this point right now. And we both talked about Ant Man and how good we thought it was. Everyone check that out. It's in a, a theater close to you. Ant Man, starring Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. Brandon, I mean, uh, yeah, Michael Douglas. Brandon, go ahead and say goodbye. Just let us know where we can find you if you want to describe any links or anything for your social media. Let them know, um, you know where you, where we could find you. Where you at?
1: Yeah, it's a collision feature film. Also on Twitter at Brandon I'm
0: going up. Okay, awesome. And you're going to be able to check it out. I hope to have you on the show again. I Hope to work with you again, my friend. And um, man, it was great. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's sports, it's entertainment, it's talk. My uh, my co-founder Ernesto couldn't be here. He's out there being a Captain American and raising two children. Ernesto, we miss you. We will see you when we get into our fantasy football portion. Don't forget the sports are a big part of the show. Come football season, we're gonna have two shows a week, most likely. We have a set show, more entertainment, more pop culture kind of things to talk about, more interviews. And on the you know the fantasy show, we're gonna do is gonna be straight analysis of each matchup, each game. I'm gonna go game by game. I'm gonna tell you who to start, who not to start, what to expect, the weather, and some background information about the players and the coaches. I don't know a lot. I don't know much about magic. I don't know much about the healthcare system or the economy. I don't know much about uh you know budapest or traveling i don't know much about about i don't know yeah i don't know much about that i don't know much about robots um but i know about movies i know about sports i know about talking to friends about things that i like and that's part of what this show is check us out each week thank you for listening and
2: goodbye